Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. On this glorious Arizona Saturday morning. Come on into my house, Rosie on the House, and let's talk about your house, home, castle, or cabin. Anything having to do with the foundations, exterior walls, cabinets, countertops, flooring, appliances, rooftops, air conditioning, heating, windows, whatever it is, whatever question you might have, I'm not guaranteeing I'll have the answer, but we'll get the answer for you. We'll find it. We've been building and remodeling here in the state of Arizona since 1972. That's the year I got my driver's license, and that's the year I went to work. I was very fortunate to be in a high school that was on split sessions, and my classes didn't start till 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and they went to 6 in the evening. So I had all morning to do two things, homework and make money. (laughs) So where did homework fall in that priority list? Uh, I had homework scheduled for about 10 minutes on Tuesday. (laughs) The rest of the time, I was out learning construction. I loved it. Those were the glory days, man. We'd build subdivisions and not sell one house. We would build an entire subdivision and not sell one house. And then we'd put fences at the entry and say, on uh, October 15th, we're going to open the subdivision for sale. People would come with their entire families camping the night before to be in line and we'd swing the gates open and we'd hand people soul signs that they could run they couldn't drive they had to run into the subdivision and just hang the soul sign on the house they wanted wow it was fun it was great (laughs) and then somebody came up with the idea of well let's just build six model homes and then we'll let each home buyer come in and buy which model they want and pick a lot. And then we don't have to finance the entire subdivision out of our pocket ahead of time. So that changed everything in the late 60s and 70s. <laughs> we've come a long way, baby. Oh, man. So we've been building and remodeling here in uh, throughout Arizona. We've, we've done some remodeling up on some historic homes up in Flagstaff. We've rebuilt restaurants in Wikiup, Arizona. Uh, we've had several homes down in Tucson, done quite a bit of remodeling in the Pima County area, as well as the Far East Valley in Apache and Greenlee County. So we've been through the entire state. We got here in 1966. There's hardly a dirt road in Arizona I haven't traveled. There isn't a, there isn't a coffee shop and a donut house I haven't stopped in and eaten. I know the whole state fairly well. If you're out there and you've got a question about your house, home, castle, or cabin, give us a ring at the toll-free number, one 767 4348 and we'll do our best to either answer your question or put you in touch with the right people in your neighborhood that can give you the trustworthy answer. That's a big part of our Rosie on the House statewide referral network. If you're a regular subscriber to our newsletter, it comes every single Thursday, Uh, You know, we want to talk about water heaters, and there's a lot to cover in water heaters. I mentioned it last hour, we're going to be talking about it, 
and Jennifer actually got a text. I can't listen to it. Uh, how do I catch it later? All of our shows are archived on our website, rosieonthehouse.com. So anytime you hear a topic you want more information on, you can find it there. It's archived and it's cataloged and it's libraried. Your calls are coming in, you see. The calls are coming in. Mm-hmm. The, the calls. Let me let me just cover the basic water heater, and then I'll just kind of dance through this topic all hour. I think it's the biggest ignored appliance in your house. You can't ignore air conditioning, and you can't ignore heating because the the second they go out, or the second they turn off, uh, you're aware of it. Uh, the cool air has quit passing over the top of your forehead. But a water heater can go out slowly or all at once. Generally speaking, historically and traditionally, we take a 20, 30, or 40 gallon tank and we stand it upright. We wrap it in insulation and we connect it to your water line and your electric line or your natural gas line. The electric or the natural gas provides the heat to heat the water that's sitting in this tank. That water sits at that temperature in that tank, that whole 20, 40, 60, 80, 100 gallons sits there heated constantly until you need it. You turn a hot faucet on, shower, tub, or bathroom vanity sink, and you generally have to wait a few minutes, depending on where you're located in the house in relation to the location of the water heater. The water heater shows up, you modify it, get it to the temperature you want by turning down the hot, turning up the cold, introducing the right mix so you're comfortable for whatever it is you're doing, bathing, showering, washing your face in the sink. That water heater, at that point that it's delivering water to you for consumption, it's actually refilling itself with fresh cold water. Arizona has what we call hard water. It has a high mineral content. As we're heating water, we're taking those minerals and kind of making solids out of them. So over time, these solids settle in the bottom of the tank. That's why we encourage people when you replace your water heater, if you go back with a traditional tank top water heater, you should be properly draining it once a year to get all of that sediment out of the bottom. That sediment's bad for the tank. It's bad for the water quality in your house, and it's bad for the efficiency of the unit. So before I go to the first caller, Sarah, I'm going to say one more thing about water heaters. If you've got one traditional tank-type water heater, and now I'm motivating you to get out there and start checking on it and turn the water off and open the valve on the bottom, connect it to a hose, and drain it. If you haven't done that in the last five years, I would tell you, don't touch it. Uh, You're only inviting problems upon yourself. If you regularly do it once a year, it's a pretty easy do-it-yourself project. If you haven't done it, it can become really messy really fast. All right, so that's Intro Water Heaters 101, traditional type tanks. We'll talk about tankless, and we'll talk about distribution of hot water so you don't have to wait for it throughout your house. But right now, it's a call-in show. Let's take Sarah and find out what issue Sarah has today. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. 
and your question. Oh, hold on. Okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, no, don't hang up. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I'm just clueless. Um, I have a flat roof, and it's, uh, you know, the urethane foam, I guess it is. It's been recoated several times throughout the last 20 some years. Okay. And that year, the, the, the coating is cracked. So I had three people come out to tell me what needs to be done with it. First one said, oh, yeah, we can recode it. We'll put, like, a, some sort of a primer down and then the elastomeric yep. stuff, I guess. Uh, the second one said, oh, there's some membrane we put down. And I guess coat that. I'm not, I'm not really sure. And then the third one said, oh, we won't recode it at all. You need a new roof. I have no idea what I need to do. Aha. Uh-huh. Now, how old is the foam that's in place right now? It's probably around 20 years old. It is. Close to it. Okay. And, uh, Sarah, do you get up on the roof at all yourself? I have been up there, yes. Okay. Uh, one of the areas uh, that we look for in assessing whether the foam is still good enough or not is sometimes uh, moisture will get in and actually lift whole areas. So there'll be like swollen areas coming off of the, off the plywood deck. Uh, it's like a big bubble. Uh, the other thing is excessive bird damage. Or if we haven't been on a regular recoding uh, regime and protocol, if the sun has been able to hit any of that, the sun, the UUV, really degrades the foam once the elastomeric is burned off. Um, you've got three different people recommending three different things. Uh, at 20-year-old foam, I, I would research, if not foam replacement, foam enhancement, probably at the very least. Um, you're probably seeing some pretty significant uh, recoat where we can go in and your elastomeric that we're looking at is, is uh, spider-webbed, checked, and cracking. We go in, we power wash it, we apply a primer, elastomeric primer, apply elastomeric paint. You're probably going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of about 3 to $4 a square foot. If we feel like the foam actually needs to be replaced or enhanced, you're probably at least twice that. Um, it's worth researching that. This person that's talking about laying a membrane over the top of the foam, I'm not familiar with that technology, and I'm not saying good or bad about it. I'm just not familiar with it. Usually with foam, it's foam on top of foam, and then it's always capped with the elastomeric paint. I'd be willing to take a look at those proposals. If you'd like to send it to me, I'll give you my email address off air, and I'll review them. I'll take a look at the address. I'll take a satellite image of the house and give you my personal opinion uh, later this week. All right. With that said, we're going to take a quick break and be right back. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. Saturday, what a day. Moving all week with you. Happy days. 
That's our goal, is to make every Saturday your happy day. Rosie on the House, your happy place. And the whole team here at Rosie on the House, your best friend. We all work hard during the program uh, and all week long trying to answer any and all questions you, the Arizona homeowners, might have about your house, home, castle, or cabin. And uh, we've been doing it for 30 years and many of the questions and the answers you can find already on our website at rosieonthehouse.com. Let's go down to Bill calling from Tucson. Sounds like he's got a little project he'd like to try and tackle. Let's see if we can help him. Good morning, Bill. Hey, Rosie. First, I want to, I want to thank you and your team. I, over the years, you've given me so much uh, good advice and, and good uh, recommendations. I've saved thousands of dollars from and had great work done by all the people that you uh, recommend. So I want to thank you again. Gosh, Bill, thanks a million. We, 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 we really do try hard. We really do. <laughs> so I have um, a three-bedroom house that I, um, and the previous owner built a beautiful uh, permitted Arizona room on the back. And uh, what I want to do is I'm going to, I've already blocked off the, two entrances from the house into the Arizona room, fixing them up real nice, put nice walls in. And I'm going to, uh, I want to move my mother-in-law back there. Um, and need, I need to end up add a bathroom onto the end. Okay. And, um, Arizona or Tucson is right in the, in the midst of, uh, changing their, um, zoning laws. So to permit, uh, um, people to put in casitas. Okay onto their house so I can actually put in a full kitchen. Okay. But I, my, uh, I've remodeled four houses myself, uh, my own houses. And, but I've lost my draftsman. I guess he passed away since the last time I've, uh, used him. And so I don't know anybody in Tucson or any really how to go about finding somebody that could, uh, come out and look at my project and draw me up some plans that I can take down to the city and have them get it. Well, I'll tell you, Bill, the most important thing you said in all of that was the work done to date has all been by permit. That's going to save you so much grief. Um, it's unbelievable. Listen, I've got a, I've got a, 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 a Rosie certified partner uh, in Tucson. His name is Chauncey Meyer. He's an architect. Uh, really does some beautiful work. And he's been down there a long time. Uh, I don't know that, uh, I, I know if you call him and talk to him, uh, y'all will be able to reach an agreement on whether he is or has the time to tackle this or not. But if he doesn't, uh, he may have a recommendation or two for you. Chauncey has done some beautiful custom homework, the beautiful, uh, shrine, that he did up at Winter Haven. It's just absolutely beautiful. Chauncey's phone number is 314-5272. And he's right there on North Swan Road. So, Bill, give give Chauncey a call. Let him know you and I talked. Uh, uh, there's, there's several different ways you can go about it, but having lost the designer, the draftsman you had been using, uh, they're hard to find. They really are, and they're getting harder to find, like every, but like everything else. Uh, so start with a call to Chauncey. You, you, he's just a great guy. 
and to, and he does do beautiful architecture. And having things permitted is so wonderful. Like you said, my my first thought was, well, you know, a lot of those rooms aren't put on very well, so you have to start over. But that, having good bones and good permitting will save him hours. Makes a big difference. And and I have heard from more than one that Tucson is. Uh, opening up this opportunity for casitas and mother-in-law suites on your property that do allow the, and Tucson's not the only one other cities too they don't want a second kitchen in a in a separate building on that house because they don't want you creating rental property in residential neighborhoods uh, but reality is what it is and there are a lot of multi-generational families right now that are using casita mother-in-law suite with, if not secondary full kitchens, uh, secondary three-quarter kitchens. So I think that's just a very real thing that the cities have to learn to cope with. Then they got to cope with short-term rentals, vacation rentals. <laughs> it's, a, well, it's, a, it's a battle both ways. Oh, man. And people are doing the, the VRBO thing with their main residents, so they really, that's another way... Yeah. The people are busting that, but so yeah. I think if you have a family and you want to be able to put them there, it'd be great if they'd change some of those codes. We're talking water heaters today, and I was talking y'all through in the first segment just the traditional upright gas or electric water heater, the fact that it generates the heat to get all that water hot, keeps it hot constantly all day long, whether you need it or not. It's not a very efficient way to do it. Then, when you want the water at the point in the master bathroom that's farthest from that water heater, what do you do other than turn the hose, the faucet on, uh, the hot faucet on, and let it run cold water down the drain until you get the hot water delivered that you're looking for? Well, you can put a circulating pump on those traditional water heaters, and if you do, I would encourage you to get one with a timer. Um, and, a, and a perfect example is the timer on our water heater goes on at 4.30 in the morning and it goes off at 7.30. All of our morning showers are done by then. Then it sits quietly and silently all by itself until about 5.30 in the evening and we ask it to come back on for about an hour. That's all it takes to stir it up and get it all hot again. So you're only running that pump three or four hours a day. Don't run that pump all day long, keeping hot water through all your house while you're away at work. Very inefficient, can be very costly. If you want circulating pump, get it with a timer. Fire all rosy up. You just get the brass section fired up, baby. I love that sound. Does anybody know what time it is? It's rosy on the house time, and we're talking water heaters. We've been talking about the tankless. We've uh, we've been talking about the traditional tank. We've been talking about mounting a circulating pump on top of that. And I did that for the sake of all of you that are in a home that have the standard traditional tank water heater. Now, the other thing you need to know about a standard traditional tank 
water heater. That's yesterday's technology. Uh, they're going away. <laughs> they're getting replaced at a rapid pace by the tankless water heaters. But there's a couple things you need to know before you make the jump into the tankless system. Most tankless manufacturers who are familiar with Arizona water quality are going to insist if you want the warranty honored, you must have a water treatment, water softening system on your house in front of the water heater. And I'll tell you why in just a minute, but we actually have Frank on the, on the line now who wants to talk tankless. So let's get his specific questions answered, and then I'll go back to my little sermon. Frank, what are you thinking about, my friend? Hey, thanks. Thanks for taking my call, Rosie. Long-time listener. Really appreciate you guys being on the air. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, uh, my current water heater is 13 years old, so it's on its last legs. It hasn't shown signs yet, but I know it's coming. Okay. So we were thinking about converting over, but specifically, first of all, we do not have gas, unfortunately. We do have a propane tank if necessary, but... Okay. I wanted to get your opinion on the electric ones, and specifically our issue being in a a fairly large two-story home, it takes literally over one minute currently to get hot water from the tank now up to the To the shower, which is the one we use the most in our master bath. Of course, yeah. And and, and I know you've talked about the pumps that work, and I I agree with you. They they really work well. I I didn't know how those work in a a tankless system. But I've been thinking of specifically if, if it's worth it to put a specific unit. I do have a wall that I can expose in that shower to put a... Uh, a unit right there oh, and, then do some, yeah, yeah. and then do something differently with the rest of the house. And it would be electric though. So I have to run the 220 volts up there, of course. Right. And if you would have asked me this question just two or three years ago, I would have told you the electric tankless heaters uh, aren't what they should be. Um, that if you really want it to work and work well, you need it to be the propane or the gas generated. But in the last couple years, the electric have really come on and plumbers I respect a lot are now installing as many electric tankless as they are the uh, gas-fired tankless. I, uh, Frank, where are you in Arizona? In the Ahwatukee area. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you... I, I, I'd like I'd like to get one of our plumbers there and just do a full assessment of the whole house tankless that we would put a timer circulating pump on or the option of that one unit just for your shower. Um, there's a lot of reasons that that could be a really, really good idea if you've got the space in the bathroom, but it would take a site visit and uh, an education a little bit more about your lifestyle but it could be a great option. So I'm going to ask Frank to hold on, and I'm going to we'll give him a couple Rosie certified plumbers in that area that kind of specialize in doing this kind of analysis, and we'll go from there. And before I go on 
in my water heater conversation. I'm going to take just a small, you regular listeners know, knew it was coming. You just didn't know when. Rosie Bunny Trail. With, with the monsoon we had this year and this beautiful state we've got, and unfortunately, the massive forest fires we've had the last 15 years in our forest. I want to put all you Arizona homeowners on an extreme alert. This is going to be one of the most beautiful fall color seasons. It will be a fall color season, probably holds the potential of being the fall of a lifetime. And I would encourage you to take your internet machine and bookmark Flagstaff's Leafometer. And it will tell you as the colors in Coconino National Forest are beginning to change. With the Wallow Fire, the Rodeo Chetiskai Fire, uh, the fires that the Coconino uh, National Forest have had over the last 15, 20 years, the first tree that comes back from a fire, generally speaking at the right elevation, is the aspen tree. And with the moisture they've received this year, it is going to be spectacular. So pay attention to taking care of all the things you need to take care of around your house, home, castle, or cabin, and be prepared for an Arizona fall color weekend drive. And and you're you're gonna it it really is, I predict, gonna be fabulous this year. Okay, so that's Rosie's little bunny trail. Back to water heaters. In the tankless, you heard me talking to Frank there. He actually was going to mount one small tankless just to take care of that one bathroom that they generally use in the whole house more often than any other. That is a great, great option once you take the time to run that electric to the designed area. It, it could work perfectly. Now, a couple things you need to know. You'll always have hot water and it will never run out with the tankless. That's awesome. But when we, but to do that, we have to flash heat the water. In a traditional system, we warm it up slowly, bring it up to the temperature you want it, and it just sits there. In a tankless system, it's one monster heater that as the water goes through the system, it automatically lights the igniter, whether it's electric or gas, and just massively fast, quick flash heats the water. Well, you heard me talking about sediment in the traditional tank earlier in the hour. That flash heating actually drives more of the minerals out and will actually render your tankless heater uh, inoperable fairly quickly. The elements or the burners will get caked with the minerals and the junk that are in our Arizona water to the point that it won't last very long. And it's a fairly expensive adventure. So if you're going to go tankless, don't do it without seriously considering a true water softener on your entire home. So you've got the price of the conversion from the traditional to the tankless. You've got the additional price of a good water, sodium-based water softening equipment. 
and then you'll be all set. The other option, well, there's a couple more options. You've got the heat pump water heaters, and I love the technology that these produce. It's like putting a little mini heat pump on top of your water heater, and it heats the water from the air, the hot air inside your house. It's extremely efficient, but you can have a hard time finding plumbers who are familiar with the technology to service it well. So I would tell you, you're treading out on a little bit of thin ice with that technology unless you know and have a good working relationship with your plumber who's been in business a long time that really understands and has a staff that understands the heat pump technology. Those are called hybrids. Well, then you've got the solar. And I will tell you, everyone should have if you're going to store hot water in a traditional tank there isn't any reason you shouldn't have it solar unless your lot doesn't is not conducive to placing a solar panel traditional tank type solar water heaters pay for themselves and pay for themselves fairly quickly that's everything i got for you on water heaters I do have a question from a texter Okay, trying to find his anode rod, and it's not in the top as he's used to finding it. Is, what's that well, about? that's a good question. Electric water heaters, due to the electric conductivity going on through the tank, tend to cause rusting of the tank. So manufacturers put this rod through the top of the tank and hang it down in the water. And it's sacrificial for the current to eat that rod up and, and, and ignore the tank. It greatly extends the life of your water heater tank. But those anode rods get eaten up and need to be replaced. They're generally just a big hex nut right in the top of the water heater. You use a socket wrench and you break it loose and you pull it out. It's about three feet long. Uh, and it doesn't need replacing until it's all but completely gone. A lot of times water uh, plumbers will pull the anode rod and it'll have black spots on it, but it'll still be about the diameter of your thumb. And they'll say, this needs to be replaced. No, it doesn't. Um, it needs to be down all the way as thin as a pencil lead before it has to be replaced. It's not expensive. You do it regularly. A lot of people complain about stinky hot water. Well, stinky hot water also is created when your anode rod is gone. Okay, that may be one reason you've got stink in the hot water. So replacing the anode rod typically is very much a do-it-yourselfer. There's plenty of YouTube videos to watch. The reason he doesn't see the little nut on top is a lot of water heater companies now put the anode rod in what's called the dip tube that you actually fill the water heater with. So it's a little bit more complicated in that you have to start disconnecting water supply lines uh, to get to it. Uh, it. It has one. If it's electric, it has one. Um, just maybe a little bit harder to get to and make it a do-it-yourself project. The most asked question we were hit with this past week is what about odors in the bathroom? When people saw that we were talking about water heaters 
it generally kind of generates questions. Um, but before I go to that, let's see if we can bring Darlene's called and she's patiently been waiting. Uh, uh, Gary, let me take Darlene before we go to break and okay. I'll come back to this after break. Miss Darlene calling from Scottsdale. Good morning. Good morning, Rosie. Uh, I have a question on uh, on front doors. I have a double wood door that's 40 years old and probably needs to be um, exchanged out. And I don't know if I'm better off staying with wood, going to a composite, going to a steel, or going to the iron doors that actually act as a security door as well as a door. Okay. Well, I tell you, Miss Darlene, I don't know what you're doing next Saturday, but we're going to be broadcasting from Pella Window and Door Showroom down in Gilbert. You come down and I'd give you a personal tour of all the options. The composite is actually uh, one of my favorite. Uh, it can come in many different finishes. Uh, the all steel door sure is handsome and it does provide a level of security. Uh, they are on the very, very uh, pricey end of the range. Uh, I would not encourage you to stick with wood. There's too much maintenance. There's too much um, thermal movement seasonally through humidity, dryness, cold, heat. It's impossible to keep them sealed up as well as they should be. Uh, Pella has some beautiful options in the composite and the aluminum clad wood interior that you can come take a look at. Um, I uh, if you show up, I'll be happy to give you a personal tour myself. You could call Pella. You could call Freelight, uh, Skylight and Door Company to come out and do a consult, take a look at the different options, uh, and go from there. But you're going to be surprised how well we can seal a pair of front doors up since you've been living with a pair of wood for so long. Miss Darlene, thanks for the call. I hope I see you at Pella next Saturday. I hope I see you all at Pella next Saturday. Did our rosy T-shirts come in? They did. We handing out T-shirts to everybody? Are. Okay. First hundred. Very good. First hundred people there get a free rosy T-shirt. Now I'm hungry. I like the rat shrimp appetizers. That Phoenix City Grill. Phoenix Grill. All right, we've been talking our way through water heaters the entire hour. I think I've just about covered it as well as I can cover it. The only thing I haven't covered in detail is the process of flushing your traditional tank water heater. But I'm not going to go through that because I'd rather you, I, I would need to cover it too quick. And there's really a lot of very specific steps you need to take to do it and do it right. So... Go to rosieonthehouse.com, the website. Go to our article of the week, and you'll find links there that will take you to other uh, descriptions of exactly how to do it step by step. It's the weekly to-do, hashtag hot water. That will lead you to links on how to exactly drain your water heater correctly, when to do it, and when not to do it. And can I just let everybody who's trying to call in right now know that we're short a call screener today. So Gary's hopping around like a little bunny back there <laughs> trying to get it all done. Um, but if you have a question, just go ahead and call us and stay on hold for a few minutes and we'll take all those questions. You will get an answer if you're on there 
when we finish up this morning, which is just about three minutes away. So what are our takeaways? Are, are you going to baseball tickets? Yeah. So I have a set of baseball tickets. The it's Braves, last, last right? one for the season that we have for you guys. There's two tickets to the game on Thursday night, this Thursday, 640 in the evening. You would just have to text um, this answer. Well, I was going to have an email today because some people can't text. So today is an email. Info at rosyonthehouse.com. Put D-backs in the subject. And what was your question for them? Did you have a question? If you have a circulating pump on your water heater, what's the most important component to have? Okay. I don't know if I know. So you had to be listening. (laughs) You had to be listening. All right. 4.30 to 7.30. 5.30 to 8. If you're going to circulate hot water at your house, what's the most important component of the circulation pump? So, yep. Email so, that answer. To info at rosyonthehouse.com. We'll pick a winner. Subject line, Diamondback tickets. Mm-hmm. It's for this Thursday night against the Braves. Yeah, yep. They're great seats. Yeah. And it's how many seats, babe? Two. Two seats. All right. Very good. Now, what are your takeaways for today's program? My biggest takeaway is John Jay really wiped out my next two weekends. <laughs> I was going to wear out the hammock the next two weekends, but he's telling me now is a good time to go ahead and start planting my rows of winter vegetables. Yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up spring mix seeds and plant my first row town, probably huh? this day. Yeah, absolutely. I'll turn in a fresh load of uh, compost this weekend, and I'll, I'll plant next Saturday. Sounds good. And yeah, he had a lot of good tips. You could go back and get that podcast if you're really interested in getting that garden going because he had some really great thoughts. We talked about pollinators, which um, I learned how to make friends with moths this week, which I, you know, I guess it needed to be done. So they're a good thing. They're well, well, you find out there's only two that eat your clothes. Out of thousands of varieties. It's not yeah. very likely to happen. So you can just appreciate them, keep them out of the house. But, you know. We learned about the butterfly uh, training seminar mm-hmm. coming up the first weekend in October. Contact Maricopa County Parks if you'd like to participate in that, where they will do a virtual learning session one night, but then you'll actually go out and visit one of the parks or conservation areas the next day, and you will be tutored and taught how to recognize, identify, and count the many different types of butterflies that are currently existing. And I hope, I hope the proliferation of butterflies that we're currently seeing right now holds out till October 1st. They need to hold out just a couple more weeks because, boy, there's millions of them in the desert right now. I hear that the 28th is the last. It's supposed to be the end of the monsoon, and they will disappear. They'll start disappearing right after that. If you're on hold right now, stay on the line. That's right. We'll kick it. We've got a lot of calls. (laughs) A lot of calls. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to sign off on uh, your safe place, your happy place, Rosie on the House. But don't get scared. We live at rosieonthehouse.com, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we will be back next Saturday.